start with, we've, um, <laughs> uh, we've rounded up some of your pastors because, to be honest, we just want to know more about what's going on. So uh, please welcome up Belinda and Scott, and they're going to hopefully let us know more about this phenomenon that we're seeing. Hi. Hey, guys. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Pine Rivers Vineyard. What have we walked into? What are we doing here? You've walked into an amazing church, an amazing, amazing church. Look, I just want to let you know what is happening in our kids right now. Our kids are seeing pictures, they're hearing from Jesus, they're praying for each other, they're seeing healings, and that's just in that room just there, let alone on a Friday night. Oh, my goodness, the stories that are coming out of a Friday night. We have had, how many, how many kids have we been having on a Friday night recently? 20 to 30 kids are just rocking up this year. They're also seeing healings happening even on Friday night amazing amount of healings just on Friday night happened. It's been amazing. And then here on a Sunday and every day during the week here, just the mercy that flows out of this place, not just in the Mercy Centre, but just our love for people and our love for the area and love for the community. People are coming to Jesus even next week being baptised. It's so awesome. And what's really exciting about what's going on here, as you just saw in that video, the move of the Jesus people, this place is called the Vineyard. So the vineyard had a big part in that move of the Jesus people. And one of the clear signs, not that God will do everything the same way, but we just still get excited about it, was when that move broke out, it was the young people. It was the young people that were really starting to see the, the um, Holy Spirit move on them. And we are seeing those signs happen here at Pine Rivers Vineyard at the moment. It's extremely exciting. So we, we think now is the time. Cool. Well, it's exciting to hear that that's what's happening. Uh, but what's the secret behind it? I mean, besides your obvious good looks. Totally, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're in a little bit of competition with the senior pastors on that one, though, I think. I think, I think uh, yeah, I don't, don't know. We, we, we might be able to claim that one, but we'll, we'll, we'll move on. So, look, I, I think, Han, what, what did you say? You had a term. What, what do you, what, what's the key? What's that one key term that you had that, I, that is about? What's the key to this, this stuff that's going on here? I reckon it was get your gear on, wasn't it? Get your gear on. I think that is that is true. That is what's going on here. What we're we're seeing now, apart from clearly, and like that video just said, it's what we're seeing happen here is because God has declared it. God has had prophetic words over this church. God has spoken clearly about who we are and what we are as a people and the things that He wants to do through this church. He has made that abundantly clear, picture after picture, not just from people internally, externally, people that don't know us. So many prophetic words spoken clearly about the destiny of this church. So let's be clear about that. It's God. God first and foremost in his spoken word. Second, though, it's people partnering in that. And get your gear on is a modern term, if you want to put it, to what Paul used as a, um, a classic scripture in Ephesians 6. So why don't I, uh, should I read it? Would it be good if I read oh, it? Oh, yeah, everybody? that would be great. Yeah, cool. All right. Because although I know you guys are biblical scholars and could just quote it word for word, I'll, I'll, for the benefit of those in the audience, I'll, I'll read that, that out to us. All right. It's from verse 10 in Ephesians 6, and it's titled The Armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. 
For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of the devil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kind of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert always and keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And Paul goes on. So get your gear on is our term for what the people are doing. There's two parts to that because I believe you've got some experts coming in that are going to break that down a little bit very shortly. But there's two parts that we need to be conscious of as we read that. It's both the armour that we put on is both a reality of who we are. So God declares it. As you hear each piece of the armour and what it is, we start in our lives from this declared place of God of these things that we have. So it's a reality of who we are, but then there's also a response. Double R, see what I'm doing there? Yeah. Uh, A response that we make to that. So the armour is also about from that reality of who God says we are, then moving into these things and operating with these things in our lives. And that is getting your gear on. And that's what these people are doing on a consistent basis that's causing us to see these amazing um, acts of the Holy Spirit breaking out. It's pretty cool. All right, wonderful. Well, thanks, Scott and Valenda, for your time. No problem. I mean, with all this talk of getting the gear on in this heat, I think we should be taking the gear off, but we should keep it church appropriate so we won't. Okay. Um, We'd like to introduce you to our first expert. We have sports psychologist Taj here ready to share. Welcome, Taj. All right. So, uh, Taj, uh, first question I want to ask is, like, who are you and what what is it that you actually do? Well, I'm Taj, and I'm a sports psychologist. Cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, so <laughs> I've heard that you are quite the expert on the helmet of salvation. I not think to be a, an expert on. Uh, I'm quite curious, and we've got a few questions, obviously, uh, but, you know, what even is the helmet of salvation? Could you tell us about that? Uh, yes, um, I'd happily uh, love to answer any questions. Um, well, just the armor of salvation, uh, the helmet of salvation, um, uh, it's just one piece of the armor of God that Paul discusses in Ephesians 6. Um, in Ephesians 6.17, he tells us, put on salvation as your helmet. This was correlated with the armor of the, um, of the Roman army war. The helmet was a vital piece of armor, as an attack to the head could, well, just instant death, really. <laughs> yeah, well, fair enough. Uh, and I see it says to put salvation on as a helmet, uh, and I guess this is a figure of speech, right? Because salvation isn't any sort of material or a thing. Uh, so you're not actually wearing a helmet. How is it possible to wear salvation? How do you even do that? Oh, yeah, they're good questions there, both. Um, <laughs> yes, it's more about the salvation than the actual helmet. 
the helmet more describes what wearing salvation will do for us, um, and that will be important later. Um, to see how we can wear salvation, we'll need to know what it actually is. Um, in Ephesians 2 verse, 6, uh, 2 verse 8, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and it is not firm, and this is not firm from yourselves, it is a gift from God. Um, we receive salvation as Christians because we are delivered from our sins and their consequences. Uh, Jesus paid the ultimate price so that we may have eternal life. We deserve that instant death, but Christ gave us salvation through his own death, showing us how much he loved us. All right, well, salvation sounds pretty cool then. Heck yeah. Uh, so the, I don't, I'm not sure if you still answered how do I actually wear that and how does it protect me like a helmet? Well, that's the thing. Um, I'm glad you're keeping up with me, Bo. Um, <laughs> we wear our salvation when we acknowledge the sacrifice Christ made for us. Pretty simple, right? Well, I guess. <laughs> we all know this w- world is corrupt and filled with sin. It's, a, it's our salvation that acts like a helmet in a way that it protects our minds. When we forget to wear our salvation, we are susceptible to thoughts that are planted in us by the enemy, who seeks to harm our walk with Christ. Ah, so that's why it's important to thank God for our salvation and to understand that our sins are forgiven. It's so simple now that you've reminded me. <laughs> That's exactly right. It is simple, but it's easy to forget. That's why I always have a few seconds set aside in the morning, just so I can put on my helmet of salvation, just for when I go to work as a psychologist, working with people's thoughts, and just it keeps me safe, you know? Yeah. All right, well, show us what it looks like to wear the helmet of salvation. I will. Uh, so, Tard is actually going to help us model what the full armour of God will look like. So, we're going to continue to dress him up as we go. But, Tard, would you like to come uh, sit just here, maybe? Uh, and we'll continue to see you as you get dressed. All right. So, for our next expert, we have Dr. Jacob Stevens coming in, one of the most renowned cardiologists in Australia. Welcome, Jacob. <laughs> All right, so, so tell us, uh, Dr. Stevens, what exactly are you here for? I mean, we, we're assuming some sort of open-heart surgery is going to be taking place, so we've sort of cleared the floor for you. Um, so what are you, what are you doing here? I'm coming to talk about the breastplate of righteousness. Unfortunately, there is no heart surgery or ah. anything like that. So, so what is this breastplate? We were really looking forward to the open-heart surgery, but uh, I suppose you better tell us now that you're here. Uh, what exactly is it you've come to talk to us about? The breastplate of righteousness. Oh, oh great. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> don't want to change up on that one. Fair enough. So, so why is this blessed breastplate of righteousness? What does that mean? So the breastplate of righteousness, it's, well, a breastplate. So you put it on and it protects you, like it protects your heart and your lungs. And if you don't have that breastplate in the Roman times, it could also lead to death because it's a pretty fatal attack. Fair enough, that doesn't sound good. We better no. be putting our breastplate of righteousness on. Yep. <laughs> right, so you're telling me that if you have you know, faith in this bloke called Jesus, then you're going to have this righteousness breastplate given to you. What does that mean? Yeah, so in Ephesians 6 verse 14, it states that we should all equip. Uh, and so in regards to the righteousness part, we as humans can never be fully righteous ourselves. Uh, this is explained through Romans 3.20, sorry, uh, through to 22. It states that we can never be fully right with God on our own, 
on our own due to us being sinners and righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ. So that's how it works. So, so what does it mean to be righteous then? So what, what do you gain if you have this faith? So if you have faith in Jesus, then um, if you believe in what Jesus did for us, then you become fully right because being fully right means that all your sin is washed away and so then there's no barrier between you connecting with God. So that's being fully right with God. There's no barriers at all. It's just you and him connecting kind of thing and we do that through the faith in Jesus. That's amazing. Wow. Okay. So, so what is your take-home message for our audience and all our listeners today? They've tuned in to hear you. What are you going to say? Yeah, sure. So the take-home message for today is keep your heart guarded, always ha- by having faith in Jesus. Without that faith, it means that there's no righteousness. Then in the spiritual, there is no so-called breastplate, allowing you to be attacked so easily. So always have faith in Jesus. Wow, thank you so much, Dr. Stevens. That's fantastic. And, and seeing as we have kept Taj, one of the better-looking guests on our show, I must admit, down here, would you like to show us what the breastplate of righteousness looks like? This, this might take a while because, as you know, it's, it's quite a bit of an ordeal to get suited up for battle, so we've got to give them some time. Oh, now I see the Roman connection. It's really Taj is really starting to look like a gladiator over here. So real good. Okay. Oh, lovely. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, speaking of protection, I believe our next guest has something more protective. Is that right? All right. We, we welcome our off-duty police officer, Jessica, to the stage. Thank you. Welcome, Jess. It is my weekend, so it's a real privilege that I've come in, really, for you guys. Now, we, now we did have to disarm Jess as she walked through the door, um, but she actually snuck in with something. So what is it that you've brought to show us today, Jess? I've brought the shield of faith today to show you guys. It's a really integral part of the armour in my point of view. So, so a shield, wow. Well, I, I don't see too much use for shields. The only shield I need is a good layer of deodorant every morning. <laughs> but uh, I suppose there's probably some historical use for a shield. What, what's that? Yes, yeah, so in Ephesians 4, Paul, well, in Ephesians, actually, the book, Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus. And if you were an Ephesian back in the day, you would have been quite accustomed with the Roman gladiator, soldier type person. And so these soldiers had these huge shields which they called scutums or something like that and they were really big so they would cover the entire soldier basically they were their first line of defense so it was quite important that they were quite enormous in size another really important point was they were wooden so when wet these shields would actually extinguish um, the flaming arrows from the enemy which is an exciting point and then also they would often be painted with identifying sort of pictures of the, pe- the soldier's family or beliefs or household sort of thing, which I guess for us, your faith is kind of defining of you as a person who loves Jesus. And then also it was really cool if they were in a group, they could all cuddle together and form this tortoise or they called it a testudo. And it was basically like a roof and walls of shields. So they were protected on all sides. Yeah, that's fantastic. I've never thought of so many applications for a shield. So what would the modern-day application of this be? If we're not literally walking into battle as a tortoise, what do you want to do? Yeah, so that's a really good point. Um, An important thing in the verse verse of Ephesians is that you take up the shield. So 
the rest of the armor you kind of put on, right? The shield and the sword specifically you take up. So it's kind of an action. We have to take up our shield. Um, and it's separate to the body as well, which is important. So when we give our hearts to Jesus and we confess with our mouth that our lives are to God and our hearts are to God, we are boldly declaring our faith for Jesus and in what he did for us, which is an action. So it's something that we have to do and sort of repeat as well, just reaffirming our faith in God. And in doing so, we are stepping into the authority that we are given by being children of Jesus, that we can say no over the works of the enemy and his attacks on us. So it's kind of our first line of defense against the enemy, like a shield. That's fantastic. Do you have anything else to add about the shield of faith? Anything else you'd like our audience to know today? Yeah, well, I think faith is a really, obviously a really important and foundational part of our relationship with God. So faith reminds us that there's no condemnation in a relationship with Jesus because he's redeemed us. Faith recognizes that even though we can't really see the promise, it's still going to come. And even though the attacks of the enemy might be relentless, God's love for us is also relentless as his children. Yeah. It's fantastic. Wow, thank you so much, Jess, for today. Now, do, have you brought in a shield or something to, that Taj can display over here, our yeah. wonderful sports psychologist? Well, because I am off duty, I just brought in my trusty saucepan. But oh it kind of does the same thing. Oh, well. So... <laughs> And, uh, and so does the uh, non-stick nature make it easier for cleaning after battle? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fantastic. There we go. Well, thank you very much, Jess. Pleasure. All right. So our next guest is Scott again. Wow. So yes. we've seen you before. We know who you are. Yes. You're a pastor here at this random church. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so my understanding is that uh, on the side... Uh, you are a bit of a medieval enthusiast, is that right? Oh, totally, totally, bro. Yes, I think it was termed night by weekend uh, before it was, yes, that's me. So uh, Scott goes to the Abbey Medieval Festival every single year, so he is an expert on swords, especially the swords of way back when. Uh, And Scott is also very special in a sense that he hasn't written any questions for me to ask him. So I can ask him whatever I like. Yes, you can. <laughs> right. So uh, what exactly is the sword in the armor of God? What does it do? What is it for? What is it for? For the Roman soldier or for us now? Uh, in terms of what the Bible says, like what is the sword? Like we've got the yes. shield of faith. Yes, we've got a sword the, of It is something. the sword of the spirit, Bo. Oh. But... There's a tag on the back end in Ephesians, if you would have noted. It also said with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, which is an interesting play on words that Paul uses there. Confused me for a little while. I had to think about it a little bit. Right. So something I'm curious about then is when you say the Spirit, uh, what kind of Spirit is that? Because I know we have the Holy Spirit and there's the Spirit of God and there's a spiritual realm. Uh, so there's a lot of spirits in the Bible, but maybe you could clarify for me what that's all about. Yes, this is the one time where Jesus is not the right answer, that you can't choose Jesus as the answer. Uh, it is actually the first one you said, as in the Bible, you'll see it's a capital S. So it would be the Holy Spirit that we're talking about there. All right. So uh, what's the sort of context for, you know, back in the day of the Bible being written? Why is it important that uh, the word of God is a sword rather than anything else? 
Yeah, and that, that's really important to what Jess was tying into before. The sword and the shield together are the two pieces of armor that are not directly, um, they're not on the body as such. They're, uh, the shield is attached, but it's not on the body part as, as such. So it is about taking them up. And the sword, the importance of the sword, fantastic questioning, Bo, and putting me right on the spot, which is awesome. Um, the sword itself, uh, in terms of being the spoken word. So the importance to the Roman soldier, so if you think about all of them, either behind their individual um, shield, but then to move the, that shield aside and to actually thrust or to fight, do what they needed to do, it is an offensive weapon and a defensive weapon at the same time to the Roman soldier. So in the context of the body together, though, when they were locked together, the Romans would often thrust and push back together, they would push together with their shield, so pushing on, leaning on faith to push the enemy back, but at some stage there would be a movement aside and somebody would thrust a sword out, so there would be that, in our context, that spoken word to say on the attacks, no, 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 that's not for me. Right, and you would know because you're such an expert you know, on the ways of the past in battle. Oh, yes, absolutely, 100%. Love those medieval festivals. Right. So, uh, and you, you managed to tie in a little bit at the end with um, how we can use it in the modern day, but, I mean, give me, give me just one example of what it might look, something that I can do which shows that I might be exercising the sword of the spirit. Yeah, you've got some really good questions. Thank you, that's, that's Bo. My, that's my last question. So <laughs> yeah. Make it a good answer. So I, I think it's really important in the context if, of the sword that we think about. So let's be clear. The sword is the, the word of God. So it, it's the spirit and the word. So in other words, for us, it's the spirit who gives us the words to speak out as we're using the sword. Um, it is in that context we would be using it, particularly if we look at the context of battle for ourselves. We would speak truth over ourselves consistently, particularly because the enemy, he loves to try and come and convince us of what we're not. So we get to, through the power of the Spirit, declare what we are back, to push, fight back, say no. So we can block and we can parry. Secondly, I think another great practical element is for us uh, together. So it's not only... An, a a, a weapon we could fight with, but it's something we can protect others with. So if they are under attack, we could use our sword outside of our body, move that across to them to protect them if they were having something from the enemy coming at them. So we can speak through the power of the Spirit, we can speak identity over those people as well and say, uh-uh, to the, yeah. to the enemy. Well, I guess sometimes they say the best defense is a good offense. I couldn't hear that because I'm going deaf, apparently. Oh. Sorry, could you repeat that for me? Uh, I guess sometimes I say the best defense is a good offense. Yes, that so. is very true. Good anyway, yes. uh, so do you have a sword, so to speak? I for, do, so to a, speak. My for goodness. Model. I mean, last thing was a shield, but I don't know anymore. Oh, there we go. It's Maybe a, I should have dressed up as William Wallace I and started trusted, screaming at this stage. should have trusted our every medieval you know, festival goer to have something perfect. Totally. Look... Mate, unbelievable sword. Like I said, maybe I should scream out freedom right now in my best Scottish accent, but I'm not going to do that because I can't. <laughs> They're getting their gear on. Right. They're getting it on. Well, thank That's you, good. Scott. No worries. Let's see if he can hold that with one hand, how long he can hold that up for with one hand. That would be interesting. <laughs> All right, and next we have Ella. So... Tell us a bit about yourself, Ella. Why might we have brought you uh, on 
as our expert. I kind of know why you're an expert, <laughs> but maybe you could tell everyone a bit about yourself. Um, yeah, so I'm a fashion designer, um, and we'll be talking about the belt of truth today. Oh, exciting. <laughs> I'm excited. So maybe tell us uh, a brief history about the belt. Of course. Um, so the belt was traditionally, um, oh, we couldn't just have lost this spot, um, used to hold up and secure the other parts of the armour um, and hold up the sword. Um, the belt was made of small pieces of silver that were designed to as loops that link together in a, one continuous loop. Wow, so if that's, that's a lot of loops to join together, it probably would have taken a while to make, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was, um, oh, sorry, like, best way to imagine it is um, just get like a modern or historical belt um, and with this, just imagine it without a, like the segment of silver missing. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, this is my belt. Um, and this little piece, don't know if you can see it, this little piece of silver is really important and you don't really realise it until it's missing. Um, and no matter how tiny the silver that isn't there, the belt is still useless. Um, to do its job, it must be one continuous unbroken piece, much like truth. Um, you can't tell part of truth because it's still lying <laughs> um, and would break the continuous loop you needed to hold up the armour. Right, well, that's a very interesting analogy. I like it. Uh, maybe you could give us some spiritual or biblical context for like uh, what the belt of truth meant for uh, the people of the Bible. Yeah. Um, yeah, so one of the most well-known passages is John 14, 6, when Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the light. No one comes to the Father except through me. Which is amazing because Jesus always told the truth throughout his life, no matter the consequence, and created the continuous loop that the belt has... Oh, sorry, the belt has three... Oh, my goodness, this does not make sense. Um... <laughs> Um, that the belt has, and through him we can restore the chains and loops um, and make our armour strong and continuous, giving us another piece of armour to stand with God. Wonderful. Uh, so I wear a belt some days, <laughs> not all the time, uh, but uh, how does a belt help us today in modern times? Uh, I mean, especially when it's more of an accessory, whereas back then I imagine, like, He's not wearing any pants, right? Yeah. Like, the, the, the skirt <laughs> is hanging from the belt, so it's kind of important. Uh, but, you know, maybe you could sum up why it's an important piece of armour. Um, yeah, well, the be belt definitely is used as an accessory in today's society. Um, but the armour is different because it was created by God and a gift from him. Um, we can have this belt forever and continue to make it strong with the Lord by being your true self um, and telling the truth to others, yourself, and God. Like I said before, the belt loops are all continuous. So think of it like each truth adds to the loops and on the chain and makes them stronger and harder for the enemy to break and tear apart. With this belt of truth, you hold up the armour and the sword, which is the word as Scott, as Scott talked about. So the truth holds the word. Just let that soak in. Um, with God's word, we are able to attack our enemies through the truth and bring peace to the world. So what does this mean for us? Well, it means that no matter what the situation um, you're in, by telling the truth, God's truth, um, you are strong and will be confidently able to hold 
um, up your armor for the battle situa or situation ahead of you. And if your belt is broken in any way, you can go to the Lord and talk to him, and he will help you to restore your belt. So you're right. strong and ready. <laughs> well, that's all wonderful. That's a belt I would like to wear. Thanks, Ella. Do you have one that Taj might like to wear? Yes. <laughs> oh, this, this same belt that you yes, showed before. Wonderful. That looks absolutely magnificent. Thank you, Ella. <laughs> now, some of you might have realized that we, we've still got one piece of armor left that was talked about in the original verse. And, and for all of you, our regular listeners and the people who tune in, you'll know my co-host, Belle, Bo, sorry, goodness, very well. <laughs> uh, but something that I didn't know about Bo is that he's actually a little bit of a shoe professional. He's, uh, as you can see, he's got his pluggers on today, so he's not really living up to the name, but... Uh, he actually has a bit of a career in retail selling uh, quite fancy uh, shoes. So, so Bo, what kind of shoes do we need for this armour? Well, uh, since I am an expert, sorry to interrupt your, your question, I feel I should sit in the expert chair. So I'm going to move to the expert chair. Oh, thank you. All right. Oh, that's good. I can actually see more of you now, so that helps. All right. Can you remind me what the question was? No worries. What? <laughs> shoes do we need to fulfill this piece of armor? Uh, well, you need some shoes, uh, basically, because uh, you need to walk a lot to tell the gospel. And these are the shoes of the readiness of the gospel of peace. Wow. So there's a lot yeah. of, of those, especially when it's part of the armor of God. Fair enough. So it's quite a mouthful. But so if you're going to have to be walking a long way in these shoes, why not just, you know, ride a skateboard or take your bike? All right. Uh, because the enemy doesn't like it when we tell the gospel, especially the gospel of peace. Uh, so he normally puts pebbles, you know, and random sticks and stuff that makes it unfit for wheels. So you need protection for where you walk. Uh, and, you know, those pebbles and things... You can you can stub your toes on if you're not wearing anything. So, I mean, you need something protective. Fair enough. So, so for all of our listeners, if they wanted to go out tomorrow, they're doing a spot of shopping on the Monday, and they wanted to purchase some of these shoes for the gospel of peace, and what should they be looking for? Like, where are they going to find these? Uh, well, uh, the shoes here are God-given, so you don't actually need to buy any shoes. Uh, and the best thing is that one size fits all, so you don't need to stress about what type of shoe it'll be like. Uh, you don't even have to stress about if it'll look uh, fashionable because it's not a real shoe, so to speak. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a nice feeling of readiness uh, that you have to put on at the beginning of each day. Uh, it's that readiness to tell the gospel of peace. It's, you know, if you're putting on shoes, you're generally thinking about the task you're going to be doing today, so uh, you need to be putting on that type of shoe, so to speak. Fair enough. So why wouldn't we just go barefoot then? Why have a shoe at all? Uh, I thought about this. Uh, that's why I wrote a question about it. Uh, and that's because if you're in bare feet and you step on like a tiny pebble or you manage to, you know, stub your toe on a stick, it hurts a tremendous amount, uh, which is so odd. Uh, but you put on even a, just a pair of thongs uh, and all of that, you know, doesn't mean anything. You can just walk on just about whatever you want. Uh, so, putting on shoes at all is always a good first step. That's good, that's good. So, so now we've got our feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. Have you brought something for Taj to wear that resembles this? I have, and I feel I should justify the type of shoes that I've brought. So, let me go get them first. Thanks, Bo. 
I hit him uh, behind the lectern here. Uh, it's a nice big pair of bug boots. So, would you like to put these on, Taj? Uh, the reason I chose Ugg boots is because normally, uh, you know, when you're considering what type of shoes you want to put on, and you've chosen to put on your Ugg boots, you know you're intentionally going to spend at least part of the day relaxing or being calm, you know? Uh, you're not expecting to do too much physical activity necessarily, but, you know, there's a readiness to spread a gospel of peace, uh, you know? There's nothing, there's nothing hard about doing life with God necessarily. I mean, there are hard parts, but you're expecting that overall uh, it's going to be a nice day. So that's why I chose a nice big pair of bug boots. Hopefully they won't be too hot today. <laughs> thanks, Bo, and thanks, Taj. So <laughs> while, while you're uh, down there, Taj, we might have a quick question. How do you feel now that you've been suited up in this rather interesting armour suit? How, how does it make you feel? I'm quite warm, uh, but uh, I feel very protected. Um, I feel like after I make my bacon and eggs in the morning, you know, could, um, I'm ready to go to work and just like, I feel like no matter what happens, I'm going to be protected by God, you know, just, and like, I feel like I can go out and just slay anything I want, I suppose. Like, I can go, I can go to battle. Yeah, and no matter what happens in that battle, I know God's got my back and I'm, I'm going to be really safe. So, yeah. Very nice. Thank you, Taj. Yeah, round of applause for our wonderful model, Taj. He's done a brilliant job. Okay, so, so that brings us <laughs> to the end of our expert run. And we'd like to take a moment to thank all of our experts who've joined us today. All right, so now... Uh, we actually have a special treat for all of you, uh, which is that if you would like, uh, you can spend some time with one of our experts if you'd like to improve in equipping that particular piece of the armor of God. So we're going to make space, I suppose, uh, like this is our transition into ministry time. Uh, there's going to be several stations. Uh, one of us will be at each station. And you can come and, uh, you know, we'll, you know, help you out with better equipping that piece of the armor of God. So we'll go through that. There was a bit at the end of uh, that Ephesians 6 passage that we read where it says to pray and pray on all occasions, uh, you know, asking God for, asking God to do his things. Uh, but can we get all of our experts to go to an area uh, and we'll recap what each of those things was. So we really want all of you guys to get involved because... Going to join one of these is like a little workshoppy type section session, I suppose. So uh, there's there's no performance needed or anything. It's like a cool experience to go a little bit deeper with something that we were all talking about. So yeah. So so guys, just ra like wrapping up this whole message, we have learned a lot today from all of our experts, and we hope that you guys have too. So we are called as a whole in this Ephesians verse to stand firm. Uh, in the faith. And, and the Ephesians verse finishes up with, 
Uh, therefore, put on the whole armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. And so we are called to, you know, not only to stand firm in the shield of faith, which is what Jess will be happy to pray for you for, we're also called to stand firm uh, in the breastplate of righteousness, which is with Jake. We've been called to stand firm in the belt of truth, which is with Ella. We've been called to stand firm in the helmet of salvation, which is with Tash. Tash, sorry. And we've been called to stand firm uh, in the sword of the Spirit, which is with Scott, and also shoes fitted with the gospel and the readiness of peace with Bo. So God calls us to stand firm, knowing that we're fitted with this whole armor of God. And, and it's not that God is saying, you're not going to be attacked anymore. That's completely not the right idea. The idea is that you will be attacked but you are already completely fine. He has fitted you perfectly with his armor. So even when the enemy's attacks come, you're ready to withstand. And, and it's not the kind of armor that every time you get attacked, it gets broken and jaded and wears off. It's the sort of armor that every time you get attacked, it's a chance for refinement. Every time you find like a little chink in your armor, you're able to then go to God and say, God, help me fix up this chink. Help me make my armor ready to withstand the next attack, the next thing that happens. Um, but the best thing about all of this is, is that if we, you know, praying in supplication every day to be wearing this full armor of God, like it is not we who live, it's Christ who lives in us, which means that, you know, we're pretty much Christ fitted in this amazing armor. And we know that we're actually not fighting a battle because we need to win. We're fighting a battle that has already been won. So no matter what attacks come your way, your armor is ready to go. And no matter how many times the enemy feels like they're getting through, you've already won. Christ is in you. He's ready to fight for you no matter what happens. He's ready in every piece of that armor for it to do its thing. So guys, come up, get some prayer, come to one of our experts, and thank you so much.